Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. The Spirit of Jesus in me greets the Spirit of Jesus in you and bids us to come together and worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I heard that phrase a couple of weeks ago and just realized how beautiful that is to remind us that that we who claim the name of Jesus Christ, we have the spirit of Jesus inside of each and every one of us. And so we should greet each other that way, to allow the spirit of Jesus in me to greet the spirit of Jesus in you and then bid us to come together. This past year has been a a call for being divided in in so many ways. So so my hope and prayer that as we begin this season of Lent, that, that, that we forget about the division that's out there in the world, even though once we leave this place or leave the comforts of our, 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 our Facebook Live or, or YouTube feeds, we still have to go back out into the world. But if we claim and hold on to that fact that the Spirit of Jesus lives inside of us, that there are other image bearers in the world around us, and we greet one another, in the name of the one who loves us and cares for us, in the name of the triune God that, that we, we boldly worship each and every Sunday, and I pray and hope each and every day we live in worship to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Now, as we prepare to hear God's word, would you go to God in prayer with me? Oh, Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the word, Jesus Christ. And as we move into this time of Lent, as we move through this season, help us to be mindful of the love that you gave us by sending Christ to this earth. His his selflessness of dying on the cross so that he may be raised to give us life and life everlasting. So Lord, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, if you're like me, you're probably thinking that we are like in week 52 of Lent. Because if you remember, it was during the season of Lent in 2020 when all of this went down. 
when, when we were told that we needed to, to take care of one another by, by staying home, by, by wearing masks, by, by social distancing, all of those things. And, and slowly but surely, even though there's been a lot of other stuff that's happened here in 2021, I, I can feel a, a new movement. I, I can feel a new way. And then now we come back into the season of Lent again. This past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, and we didn't have our, our customary Ash Wednesday service, but I know several of you joined us online as I was at home, uh, and we did our, a, a kind of Ash Wednesday service without the ashes. And, and each of the Lenten bags that we give you, there is a card that has a little ash cross on there and some words on the back of it that I invite you to put in your Bibles and to, and to, and to keep as a reminder during the season of Lent. But Wednesday night, uh, I, I watched online the night with New Room, which was an Ash Wednesday experience that was two hours that was just, just breathtaking for me. It was what I needed as we moved into this season. And there were, there were a couple of phrases that were said on this, this, this broadcast that really stuck with me. And one of them was a reminder that we are still in the ashes, but we aren't stuck in the ashes. You know, Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent, I think, still is going on from 2020, and we are still living in those ashes, but my friends, we are not stuck in those ashes. We are not stuck in those ashes, not because of any things that we do, but it's because of what, what God has done in and through us and has allowed us to do in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. The other phrase that, that, that stuck out to me was that we are between the dust from dust you came and the dust to dust you shall return. We live in the in-between with God's breath inside of each and every one of us. That's why it's so important to remember that God is closer to us than our own breaths. As, as I said in our prayer earlier today, it is a reminder that that. We can go anywhere in the world, and God will be with us. From, from, from the moment we are born, from the moment we are created in our mother's wombs, to, to the time that we take our dying breath and we are laid in the ground, that that middle moment we live with the breath of God inside of us. And with that, we, we move into the season of Lent. With that, we are reminded that we are made of dust, and the dust we will return. Now, as we prepare in this message, I wanted to give you kind of a, a roadmap. And, and you may remember this roadmap. I, I shared this with you on November the 29th of 2020. And that was the very first Sunday of Advent. Or, if you remember, as I said, that was the beginning of the Christian year. We don't be mark the beginning of the Christian year by uh, January the 1st, but we mark the beginning of the, Christmas, the Christian year by the beginning of Advent. 
And, and, and the Christian calendar reminds us that there is a, a continued movement from ascent to descent, back to ascent to descent. And, and then it rotates and it goes around and around and around. This, this Christian New Year calendar reminds us that, that when we talked in Advent before Christmas, we remember that we were awaiting the coming of Christ. We were, we were awaiting the coming of Christ to have Christ be a part of what we do here on earth, and the arrival of Christ as a baby. And then from the birth of Christ through Epiphany, we started to talk about Christ revealing himself to us, to reveal his glory. And we saw that happen in many different marks throughout the Christian year. We saw that in his baptism. We, we saw that in, in the way that he, he taught, the way that he healed, the way that, that he preached. And then last Sunday was the Sunday that we celebrated Christ on the mountain of transfiguration. Now, we didn't talk about that last Sunday because we're going to talk about that this week. But it's a very important moment because it showed Christ in all of his glory of how he was fully revealed up on that mountain. So our scripture for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. Verses 28 through 36. And I invite you to follow along with the words that are on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. About, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothing became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. And as the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. And while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone, and the disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Did you know that a typical person within their entire lifespan will speak approximately 860,341,500 words. 
in a lifetime, over 860 million words. Some of us probably a lot more than that. Now we can point out who those people are. But if we take a look at Scripture, especially taking a look at the King James Version, there is a, about 783,137 words written in the King James Bible. Now, if we bring that down just even just a little bit more to just the words of Jesus, there are approximately 36,450 words that, that are attributed to, to Jesus Christ, words that, that he said, words that he prayed, words that, that he gave us. But even if he wanted to go just a little bit more and, and kind of boil down those, those passages that are in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke that are repeated, it can get you down to about 20,000 words. 20,000 words that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has given to us through the, 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 the written words of Scripture. See, whenever I think about that, I start to wonder and I start to think, maybe if we only have 20,000 words that are attributed to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, maybe we should really pay attention to what Jesus has to say to us. Because all of those words, all of those words are, are, are words for us to, to live by, to hold on to, to, to strengthen us, so that we may then go out and proclaim the gospel to others. So because I gave you that little preamble, it reminds me of what happens at the very beginning part of our scripture for today. The very first line of our scripture, it says, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went on to, up onto a mountain to pray. Anytime I, I look at a scripture passage and I see something that says that Jesus said something, I need to go back and take a look exactly at what he said because it is going to pertain to, to what we are talking about today. You don't have to go that far today. All you have to do is go to Luke chapter 9, verse 18 through 21. And, and, and Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples, probably one of the most, most popular or most famous discussions that we know of Jesus to have with his disciples. They're, they're sitting around and talking. And, and Jesus looks at his disciples and says, who do the people say that I am? You may remember this passage. And, and some of the disciples say, well, they say that you're a good teacher. Some people even say that you're Elijah. And, and as they're talking and as they're sharing, Jesus then says, but who do you say that I am? Who is it that you, you 12 that, that are with me every day, who is it that you say that I am? And then Peter declares that you, Jesus, are God's Messiah. Those aren't just light words that you throw out to someone. That is a, a, a powerful statement that, that Peter is saying 
that, that Jesus is the one who is going to save the entire world, that, that, that he has come to fulfill everything that the Jewish people have, have thought of and, and, and believed through scriptures from, from the time of creation on. You see, if you remember that there has been a 400-year period of silence before Jesus where the Jewish people wondered, when will the Messiah come? When will the Messiah come and, and, and fill us and, and, and rescue us from this world that we are in? Then we go to the mountain. Then we make our way up the mountain of transfiguration. And then you may be familiar with the significance of, of this story with, with Moses and Elijah on both sides. It, it, it represents that Moses was the law that was given to God's people, and Elijah were the prophets to, to really talk about the coming of Jesus Christ. And all of that was there pointing to the fact that Jesus Christ was the one that was going to fulfill all of the law and he was going to fulfill everything that the prophets have said. And what do we see of Peter, James, and John? They're asleep. They're out, out for the count. And then I love how, how Luke talks about what happens in verse 32. He says, Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. They were flat asleep. And when they finally woke up, they saw the glory of God in a way they have never seen the glory of God before. They saw their entire Sunday school curriculum come to life right there. Moses, Elijah, and what? Jesus right there in the middle of it? I wonder if Peter sat there and thought, huh, just a little while ago I said something about how he's God's Messiah, and look, we got it right here. Jesus telling us fully who he was this was the awakening moment for Peter, James, and John. And I pray that it becomes an awakening moment for us. But a note about awakening. Sometimes when we awake, we fall back to sleep. Sometimes we are awakened by something important and valuable in our lives. But then we just fall back asleep thinking, okay, I got it. That's all I need to worry about. That happened to Peter, James, and John, didn't it? See, all you have to do is go a little bit farther down the road to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus takes all of the disciples to the garden with him, and, and, and they're all hanging out here. And then we read in the Scripture how, how Jesus took Peter, James and John, just a little ways away from them. And what happens to those disciples again? They fall asleep when Jesus is praying to his Father. They fall asleep once again. My friends, Lent 
is a time that we need to, to come awake. Lent is a time for us to, to take a moment and refocus what it is that, that, that we hold dear in our lives. Lent is a time for us to say, Lord, I want to be awakened by your goodness and your love and your mercy. Have you had an awakening moment in your life? Have you had an awakening moment where you saw that maybe what it is that you are supposed to be doing as a follower of Jesus Christ needs to be different? Not to fit in with the crowd, not, not, not to do what, what people are doing around us, but, but to fully listen and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in a way that wakes you up to see that maybe we've gotten this all wrong. And we need to listen to him. Over the past month, I had the opportunity to participate in a online pastor's retreat. And it's still kind of going on right now uh, with a, a morning reading through a, a devotion. But, but we were able to gather together with pastors from all over, all over the world, really. And through a Zoom call, we, we listened to some different uh, 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 pastors' pastors, as they called them. And they fed into our lives because, as you all know, and I'm not going to go into it a whole lot, this year has just been a year for all of us. And they wanted the opportunity just to feed into us. And one of the speakers that, that spoke to us in, in this discussion, he was talking about one of the problems of the church that he saw was that we are so focused on, on mission and, and doing work and providing experiences and all of these type of things to make people feel comfortable. But he said, one of the things that's missing through all of this, you never hear pastors say when they talk about their mission statement, when they talk about their vision, when they talk about what it is that the church needs to be doing, is that we have lost the grip on that what the church is here for is to save souls. It is to invite people into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'll have to admit, for me, I, I, I thought that I've been doing this, but I've looked back and I thought, you know what, maybe I haven't. Maybe I have been stuck in a mode where it's good for us to go out and do good things for other people, which it is. It's always good to do that. But because we claim the name of Jesus Christ and because the spirit of Jesus in me is greeting the spirit of Jesus in you and it binds us together, then when we do those things, we should do those things to proclaim 
the gospel of Jesus Christ and invite people into a living relationship with him. So I've repented of that. And I promise that, that we will continue to do the work that we do, but we will do it all because Christ saves us. Christ fills us. Christ gives us the way for us to live so that we can, can, can save souls around us and invite people into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Because one of the final words that we hear in our passage today is that God is talking to Peter, James, and John, who is now awake. And he looks at them and he says, listen to him. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. He has the words for eternal life. And God desires each and every one of the image bearers of him to have that life. So over the next six weeks, that's what we're going to do. As we move from the beginning of Lent all the way to the empty tomb on Easter Sunday, we are going to take time to listen to Jesus' words. There'll be ways that we can do that. First of all, of course, on Sunday mornings, we're going to focus on specific passages where Jesus has words for each and every one of us, words that gives us life, words that, that fill us. But then I invite you, uh, as you pick up your Lenten bags, you may, those of you in the sanctuary, you may see that that book that I've started to read from every morning is in there. Take a time to, to go through that book and, and listen to the words of Jesus through the Gospel of Luke. We'll be going through Luke chapter 9 all the way through Luke chapter 24. And think about what Jesus is calling each and every one of us to do. Because there's some things that I can assure you this morning. First and foremost, Jesus has something to say to you. Jesus has a word for each and every one of us that are here in this room and each and every one of us who are listening online. What would it look like for you to raise the level of your expectation that this is so? What would it look like if you were to take this book and read the passages in Scripture and saying, I know that, that Jesus has something for me specifically in this book, and I am going to listen. How will you hear him? What will it take you to get yourself to a place where you can listen, where you can wake from your slumber and see the full glory of God all around us. Let us pray. Oh God, you have given us your word. And as you remind us, words that you said yourself, that the things of this earth is going to pass away, but your word is, 
will never fail. Your word will always be with us. Your word will always give us the opportunity to guide us and lead us. And all we have to do is say, Lord, here I am. Here I am, fill me. Here I am, use me. And maybe today, if you're, you're here in this room or if you're online and you are feeling God calling you into a deeper relationship, I pray that you just open your arms to Jesus and surrender to him and say, God, speak to me. Speak to me your words so that I may live as your disciple. And we pray this. In the name of the one that came as a baby, who was glorified through his, his works and actions, even on the mountain of transfiguration, who in this season we remember that he gave himself up for us. Jesus our Lord. Amen.